Stunt Podcast. Hey everybody, it's Matthew, and I'm back with another Sense Spotlight right here on the Sim Podcast. I'm really excited to share my conversation with the creator known as Paola, who is probably best known for her vector illustrations on top of images and pictures that she shares on Scent. Paola and I talked about her creative journey, uh, the inspiration of receiving her first Barbies and fashion magazines uh, as a child, all the way to meeting fellow Scentian Jaleel Dowdy and his influence on her in terms of bringing her into the crypto art fold. We talk about her pixel creations, what it's like to be a new creator in crypto, pricing your work, uh, deciding where to actually sell it. A lot of really good stuff in here. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy my conversation with Paola. Okay, we're live. This is Matthew, and I'm coming back with another Scent Spotlight. This week, my guest is the digital artist, Paola. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. And what to get started, uh, I think it would be nice if you could introduce yourself a little bit to the Scent Podcast audience and tell everybody who is the artist known as Paola. Sure. Well, um, I was raised in a Dominican family, so I'm current. I am Dominican. Um, I was born and raised in Washington Heights in Manhattan. And then from there, um, my mother decided to move to Staten Island. It's a very small island surrounded by water in which you have to take a small ferry to reach, to reach like to go to um, the city. So if you want to go to Manhattan, you have to take the ferry. And I was living there for like 22 years. So um, my journey into art, I would say, was when um, I received my first barrito. And then from there, my mom would, like, constantly get me Barbie dolls. And then um, what I would do with the dolls, I would, like, create new outfits. And I was really into that. And then um, I was, like, then when I went to, I believe, middle school or high school, I was, like, more into art. Um, I would love to look at um, fashion magazines or art books. And it would open my eyes more to, like, what is art is not just about, like, fashion. There's, like, so much to it. And then what's your next question? I'm so sorry. No, it's cool. So I think you were starting to take me on your creative journey, which started with Barbies. I'm just wondering if you could trace the steps from getting those Barbies until where you're at today. I think that would be pretty cool. Okay, so... um. Yeah, so when I would collect Barbies, I was, like, and so into it that it became um, another thing that I wanted to do was, um, like, learn how to paint. And when I tried that, it didn't work out for me um, because I, I would say it didn't work out for me because I was very impatient because sometimes you just want your hands to start, you know, making a beautiful portrait or something that catches your eye but when you when you first try it sometimes it's not going to look right to you until you finish it so most of the time I would stop and not finish the portrait or the or the canvas I should say and um then I gave up on that and then just recently it was like last year I started um digital art and I was introduced by Jaleel Dowdy. He was the one that um, 
showed me about the digital art. I didn't have no background in background on it. Um, but I would um, look a lot into like a lot of books, like Picasso art books or um, Matisse or Keith Haring. I would I like really like um, their style of art. And there's still, there's more out there that I really, really like, but um, those are the ones that really catch my eye. And um, yeah, so those are, um, he was the one, um, Yola Daddy was the one that introduced me to it. And then back then when I was, I probably said when I was in college, um, I was taking a, it was like a computer art class, like an introduction to art class. And I remember in that class we had to do a lot of like abstract art and it was kind of difficult for me because to learn about abstract art it's it, it's like more in depth um like the lines like what does it mean what type of everything has it's like a name and like when do you have to use it and stuff like like that um and that class I honestly didn't do as great because um I didn't have the program because what I used to create my art, I used Adobe Illustrator to create my art pieces. Um, I'm trying new things, um, new other programs to use for my um, art, but for right now, I'm just doing um, Adobe Illustrator. Actually, like listening to your creative journey, how you got to where you are today, but when you mentioned the Barbie part, I mean, I was. I've been looking through your work for, for many months now and just thinking through like, how do I feel when I'm looking at it? What does it remind me of? And as soon as you mentioned the Barbie part, uh, I know that like, they're sort of miles away. Like one is like a physical doll. Your work is, is digital on the screen, but the moments that you're capturing and, and almost freezing in, in these images reminds me of like something like Barbie's that molded, I'm not sure if it's something intentional or if I'm just now like seeing that based on your explanation. But then I was going to ask you or bring up this point. You mentioned that Jaleel Dowdy kind of introduced you to digital art. Like when I actually looked at a lot of your illustrations, to me, they're super iconic, or at least they are capturing these highly familiar expressions uh, in like this modern urban professional life that a lot of us are, are taking part in. And it reminds me of a lot of Dowdy's work, just far less stylized. And it's, it's closer to real life. So that's, that's awesome, actually, to hear the background like that. So you mentioned that Dowdy introduced you to digital art. My next question was going to be, how did you f- arrive at the current style that you're, you're practicing in your work? I don't want to say like it's a Barbie style anymore, but it's that very illustrative style, highly emotive, deeply eye-catching. Your work pulls the viewer in. So I'm just curious, how did you arrive at your particular style of capturing these real-life moments and then adding these like vectored illustrations on top of them? Well, honestly, what I like to do is I like to check out like social media and based on like what other people post, um, whatever catches my eye, I like to create um, an art piece on them. And I don't know if you can, um, if you can see, but um, on my Instagram page, I have, um, I always tag them in. 
and um, they're shocked by like you know like someone actually did an art piece on me because like I said everyone has their own um, I mean I never said it but everyone has their own style when it comes to creating something but I feel like some people like you know they can't afford to go buy um, an art book or maybe a book full of photos or like um, a fashion magazine you know so there's like a lot of free resources out there you can use social media I use Pinterest Instagram and like I just like to explore on the web and find what catches my eye and then I just create after that that's super cool I had no idea that that's that was your approach and then how did you actually come across crypto was that also thanks to Dowdy or had you arrived into crypto and crypto art by yourself no, that was actually on Julio Dowdy. He actually showed me all that because I didn't have an idea or like a background on it. And then um, after he explained it to me, because me and him, we used to work together and together at a retail store. Mm. So that's how I got to know him. And um, yeah, he opened my eyes to crypto art and what, you know, what is crypto. And I really appreciate it. It'd be interesting to hear in your words, I mean, since Dowdy was the one that kind of explained it to you, someone that is non-crypto before coming into crypto art, like, how do you think about it? What was the toughest part for you to kind of understand to start posting your work to platforms like Known Origin, for example? Well, I can say it took me a while to understand it. Um, It wasn't like... I understood it in a snap of a finger. Um, but after I, he explained it to me with so much details because with me, um, I'm a person that I have, um, that a person has to speak to me with um, a lot of details so I can understand or I'm a visual learner um, because if you're just telling me, I'm not going to understand. So he um, explained it to me and then I, now I understand like how it works and it's actually a cool, very, very cool thing that, that they did. Mm-hmm. And then you are on Known Origin, you're on Rarible. I think you have your own marketplace on OpenSea too. Yes. Like, how do you think about these different crypto art and NFT platforms uh, in terms of listing your work, pricing, and all of that, that really interesting stuff that is now available to any digital artist out there? Well, sometimes, to be honest, it's kind of hard to pick where I want to put my piece at to sell because it's like, you know, I would like everyone to see it. Just like if someone posts their art, I want to see their their um, art. Um, and about the prices, I just go by, I try to make it affordable because I know it's like some piece, people can't, you know, pay a thousand or, you know, more than a thousand dollars for a piece of art. So I try to make it at affordable and just take it as, you know, the, the art was a piece of me. So now it's going to a good home or I should say to someone's digital, um, I don't know the proper name for it, but like, uh, their art storage, I guess. And, um, They'll keep it there and then, you know, it's like, I don't know, I get excited when someone likes my art because then I know that there's someone out there that 
likes the way I create or and I don't know how to do things, I guess. Mm-hmm. I'm not a, a digital artist. I, I do like to collect. And there's a couple layers, I guess, of where collectors can keep their work, right? So one is in the digital wallet. So like for me, I'm, I use my mobile phone for everything. I like to use Trust Wallet because I can go inside of there and I can like look at the pieces that I collect. But you can also like literally create a virtual gallery where you can hang all of this digital art. So like I scooped one of your pieces today, actually, uh, I was looking through wow. everything and unknown origin, I picked up thinking uh, you're one of one piece. And the next thing I'm going to do right before I go to bed is I'm going to go into crypto voxels and go to my like art stadium and find the, the right place to post that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's kind of it's a weird thing, I guess. I don't know, but I, I just feel like it looks so cool in this virtual context, like this digital work in a digital world that people can go through and, and scope out uh, even when I'm not there. I think that's that's awesome. That is very cool. Yeah. But the other thing I want to flag real quick too, because I saw on your OpenSea marketplace that you're selling some of your work using the the social currency Hue. And <laughs> for folks listening who aren't sure, like what the hell is Hue? Connie Digital is probably one of the, the most powerful forces in crypto art. He's brought countless numbers of folks into this world. He kind of attracted me to it way back uh, early in the early part of 2019. But you're, you're using his social currency to price some of your work. I'm curious, how did that come about? And well, have you linked up with Connie Digital? Have you done any collaborations? Are you doing anything beyond using the social currency to price your work? No, I'm actually not. I haven't been collaborating with Connie Digital. Um, and the reason why I picked Hugh was because I feel like I like to support other artists, if, especially the fact that he created his own like currency, I would say. Um, so I felt like maybe, you know, let's, let me just give this a try because, like I said, I would like to just, um, I don't know, I just, I just wanted to do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. I'm not sure if you've actually done any collaborations, but I'm curious. Like, are there any collaborations that you have in the pipeline? When are you and Dowdy going to collaborate on something? Um, I mean, we did do a collaboration before. Maybe we'll do one eventually, I don't know, soon or something. But we did collaborate on a piece. Which one? Which one? Um, I believe it was called... Um, peaches or something like that. Um, yeah, it's like a lot of art to remember. Yeah, you're you're prolific, and your work is kind of like it's sort of all over on the different platforms. A lot of it's on scent, but a lot of it is definitely hidden. It may be collected, or maybe it was on Dowdy's page as well. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that, that's the tricky part. Okay, and then well, in terms of your next steps on the creative journey? Like, what do you want to do heading forward? Well, honestly, I would like to learn more, like more techniques. Um, Yesterday, um, I got introduced to pixel art. And I wasn't, I was shocked because it's not easy as you think it is. Because I always felt like, oh, it's not that bad, you know. But when I tried it, I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to give up. (laughs) But I'm just like, practicing to make it better 
Was that you that shared that pixel chain work of the, the clenched, powerful black fist? Was that you? Yes. Did you make that? Yes, I did. Dude, that's so dope. <laughs> like, I, th- I think that looks really cool. That was your first attempt at using uh, pixel chain to make some di- pixel art? Yes. Oh, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm so jealous of people that are, are so talented like that. I was like, in my mind, I'm like thinking like, maybe that's something I could potentially do. But then I just see someone <laughs> just oh, yeah, make a perfect definitely. fist. Definitely. I feel like art has these imperfections. And I feel like you should never give up. Even if you don't see it there, just don't finish. Just keep on doing what you're doing. And eventually, you'll reach the end point. And then every, once you reach the end point, it's, everything is perfect, you know? Well, it definitely seems like pixel art is, it's having an early moment, at least. Like Pixel Chain is something that just kind of was released. It's a little side project of Crypto Motors. But I've seen a bunch of folks kind of dive in there and make some amazing work, you, yourself included. WG Meets was there, a lot of money. Many, many folks are, are really pumping up a pretty high amount of, of high quality work using the simple pixels. I'm curious, like from your perspective as an artist, like why do you think we're seeing a lot of artists that are are known for doing other types of art? Why is the pixel art kind of piquing their interest? And on the other side, like the demand side, like why do you think folks are are paying for this art now? I guess because maybe in a couple of years or something, Maybe pixel art, um, they don't want to make it, like, extinct. Because, you know, in in modern art, it's not really pixelated. Everything's just, um, you know, regular, I would say. So a lot of people, I feel like, that are into gaming, um, like, you know, playing Super Mario and things like that, all the games back then were pixelated. And people like that type of art, I would say that style, so they just don't want it to extinct. Like if someone doesn't continue to make um, that type of design. Mm. Yeah, I, I can vibe with that idea. I think a lot of the people that are make um, I'm not, not you include, I think you may be much younger, uh, but I know a bunch of the other folks who are making a lot of the work, well, they're even directly referencing like Super Nintendo or regular like throwback Nintendo 8-bit images that they used to see. So I think nostalgia is playing a huge role for sure. Yes. (laughs) Cool. Before we go, uh, I know like we mentioned throughout the show, you have a ton of places where you're selling art. You're on Instagram. Um, If you want to shout out some of your handles so that folks listening can go give you a follow on Instagram, Twitter, and wherever you want them to follow you, I think that'd be cool. Sure. So my Instagram name is Les Door. So it's L-E-S- and then I don't know what's the, it's not, yeah, underscore, thank you. And then it's D-O-R-E. Yeah, where, where does that name actually come from? Um, well, honestly, I was just researching. I've always been into, like, um, French, like, the language. So mm-hmm. I was just researching, and I'm like, I need a cool name for my, um, for my page. And then I was just typing things, and then I, it, it came out to be the gold. So then it's <laughs> like I told the door. So I was like, okay, I guess I'll stick to that. <laughs> That's pretty dope. 
And then your, your Twitter handle is the same as your Instagram, no? Yes. Cool. And then, yeah, since you're a pa- pa- Paola, and well, I guess known origin, you can find you're listed as Paola as well. Um, yeah, like from known origin, that's how I found everything else. That was, it was easier that way. Paola, it was, it was a pleasure to speak with you again. And okay. well, let's take it easy and keep creating. Thank you. And have a great day. Yeah, you too. Bye-bye. Hey everybody, it's Matthew again, and I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Paola as much as I did recording it. As always, if you aren't subscribed to this podcast, make sure you subscribe wherever you listen. And if you enjoyed this episode, please recommend it to anyone whom you think would enjoy these sorts of creator spotlights. The next spotlight that will be coming out will feature Mihik Jain, and a future spotlight is in the works with Richard F. Yates. Later this week, I'll be dropping the conversation that Rizzle and I had with DeFi Dad, where we looked back at the Ethereal Summit virtual event, as well as at all virtual events taking place these days, including the Weekly Whip and the future of blockchain-based VR projects like CryptoVoxels. It's a really awesome conversation. Look out for that. And speaking of the Whip, make sure you hit up the Whip this week in CryptoVoxels takes place every Thursday, 12 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. UTC. The speaker list this week is stacked. We have Ben Nolan himself, who will be taking to the virtual stage, followed by Cameron of Scent and Sparrow. And then finally, Skinny will present and then take the crowd over to his special CryptoVoxel build, where he will give a world premiere exclusive async art promo. So, It'll be exciting. Make sure you stop through. Look out for the tweets and posts on Scent and Scent On. Podcast. Podcast.